Hello, and welcome to Cloud Insiders, a podcast that brings cloud down to earth. Hello, and welcome to Cloud Insiders. Today, we are revisiting the topic of NSX. It would make sense to call the episode something like um, NSX Revisited. But of course, I'll probably go for something a lot less sensible, like I'm NSXC2, because, you know, why not? My name is Stuart Robinson, and I'll be your host for today's discussion. Joining us today, we have Michael Armstrong, Senior Systems Engineer at VMware, and Steve Wood, Senior Consultant at Extrovert. Hi, guys. Hi, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Cool. Without further ado, if you could give us a brief introduction of yourselves, let's start with you, Michael. Yes, so uh, Michael Armstrong, I'm a Senior Systems Engineer at VMware. Uh, I've been at VMware for coming up to four and a half years now. More specifically, I work inside our network and security business units, uh, and I've been in there for probably about three and a half years. And my initial focus is, is technical pre-sales within the, uh, within the UK for, for NSX. You know, I'm here to assist customers with regards to technical discussions around NSX, um, but also some of the newer products that the, the NSBU or the, the network and security business unit are responsible for. So things like App Defense, NSX Cloud, uh, and our re- recent acquisition uh, of an organization called Bello Cloud for SD1. Uh, and I've I, I previously been a customer, so you know the majority of my um, of my career has been as a as a customer, uh, and more recently as a, a systems architect focusing on a, a transport organization based out of the uh, the northeast. Cool. And Steve? Uh, yeah. So uh, Steve Wood, a senior consultant at Extrovert. I've been working with NSX for the last three to four years. Uh, Two of those years, I worked with Michael at VMware, delivering NSX projects, and more recently uh, at Extrovert, uh, doing much the same, so focusing on NSX, but also V3 and SRM, and uh, a few other bits and pieces as well. Cool. So for a discussion in NSX, we are fairly well equipped. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> well, as our diehard fans will know, uh, about two years ago, we did our first NSX episode entitled I'm Too NSXy. Since then, NSX has been really widely adopted and everyone in the space knows about NSX and software-defined networking. But can you give us a quick recap on what NSX is? Yes, yeah, so NSX is really there to reproduce the, the layer two through seven services, but within software rather than you know, traditionally doing it in hardware. So things like uh, you know, switching, routing, firewalling, uh, some of the load balancing and VPN services, we, we now have the ability to do that inside software rather than you know the traditional approach, which was which was doing it inside the hardware layer. Uh, I guess more more importantly, a lot of those services now we start actually pushing down into the hypervisor. So things like switching, routing, and firewalling. You know we we now we now do these services uh, as part of the the actual hypervisor kernel. You know we're completely agnostic from the underlying hardware. So from a physical networking perspective, as long as we can get packets from one host to another host. Uh, and you know we have certain requirements from that network, but we ultimately don't care about the underlying uh, specific hardware vendor. Uh, and we, we typically focus on on three main use cases, which are you know automation, security, uh, and application continuity for, for stretching across multiple sites or, or, or multiple vi- uh, virtual centers. Cool. Well, I think you've covered off of <laughs> a load of stuff there. So yeah, the current drivers for adoption would pretty much be security, or would you branch it out further than that? I think it depends, right? So a lot of customers will do a phased approach with NSX. So initially they'll look at micro-segmentation uh, and then once NSX is in the business, they're comfortable with the micro-segmentation parts, they might start looking at the VXLAN uh, and, the, and the overlay technology that NSX brings. 
And then the, the other end of it is VMware realized quite early on you can't have a software-defined data center and still rely on physical networks. So that's the kind of missing piece of the puzzle as NSX in that in that regard. So a lot of customers who are looking to deploy new data centers or doing data center migrations or vSphere upgrades to Greenfield Kit will look at NSX as a, a critical part of that project now. Cool. Um, so, Michael, what do you think has been the biggest advancement or improvement in NSX over the last five years? Oof. I guess from my perspective, um, as part of NSX 6.2, we announced um, cross vCenter networking security. So this is the ability to stretch the networking constructs as, such as switching and routing in our firewall across multiple uh, multiple vCenters. So from a you know, from a disaster recovery perspective, or you know, customers are now starting to look at um, active active data centers. This you know dramatically simplified the deployments, uh, and it also allowed us to you know to overcome some of the scaling issues that we traditionally had with single vCenter environments. So customers who wanted to scale past some of the limits that we had, you know, they they had no other option apart from deploying a new environment. Whereas now we can you know we can stretch our NSX constructs across you know up to eight vCenters. Uh, and I guess more recently with um, NSX 6.4 is now the, you know, the application aware distributed firewall. So previously NSX has always been layer four. So, you know, we can apply our security policies based on ports. Um, whereas now we can actually identify the application, typically the first three or four packets that are processed, we can identify what that application is. So, you know, is it HTTP traffic? Is it HTTPS or is it SSH? Uh, and we can now start applying our, our policies based on, on the application layer. So one of my rules might be, I only want to allow uh, the application SSH on port 22. I don't want to allow on any other port. So you know, over the last five years, I would probably see, in my eyes, cross vCenter networking security definitely, and, and we'll see more around the application firewall that was released as part of 6.4. Cool. And Steve, what's excited you most about NSX in the last five years? So my answer is a bit of a cheat. So for <laughs> me, it's, it's it's more around the support and products that VMware have uh, developed and released. So things like vRealize Network Insight and uh, vRealize Log Insight. It, so it's given the customers and partners uh, the ability to understand the existing state. So you know, it's really important when looking at micro-segmentation. A lot of customers understand the flows between subnets, um, between VLANs, between layer three, but don't necessarily understand the traffic flows within an application, so i.e. on the same subnet within the same VLAN, because traditionally they haven't been able to firewall that traffic. So it's the likes of those products that really help with the adoption of micro-segmentation and therefore NSX. For, for customers, having those tools that lets them deploy NSX and micro-segment and secure their network for less time and therefore less money. Cool. And Michael, you briefly mentioned NSX 6.4. So Steve, what caught your eye in the features list of that? You know, I've had plenty of meetings with customers over the years. Uh, and one of the main use cases that always comes out and that has always been difficult to deliver is around the identity firewall. So most customers will have some sort of terminal services farm, whether that's Microsoft RDS or Citrix. And, you know, they look at identity firewall and feature list of NSX over the years. And you would assume that if a user logs into a terminal server, you can do what it says on the tin and segment those network flows to an individual user running inside terminal server farm Citrix. 
you haven't been able to until NSX 6.4 came out, where now we can actually deliver on that use case. The example being you've got HR users who need to access data on an HR file server. You can firewall that traffic down to an Active Directory user group so only the HR users can see that file server on the network. So you're not relying on NTFS file permissions, say. So if I'm a finance user, I can't even sing, I can't ping, I can't talk to that HR server. Um, for the likes of terminal services and Citrix, that's a really big use case, especially looking at GPDR and other compliance. Um, terminal service has always been a difficult case to uh, sometimes wrap those compliance regulations around. So NSX 6.4 really helps deliver on that. And it's arrived just in time for GDPR, which is quite handy. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael, as someone who talks to a lot of customers during the NSX sales cycle, what are customers asking VMware for? Yeah, so I obviously, as part of my role at VMware, um, which is a pre-sales role, I, I talk to customers and, and by far the number one use case and number one driver is still security. But I guess, I guess prior to NSX 6.4, the second major use case I was seeing um, you know, was around automation. So, you know, customers who are looking to spin up test and development environments, um, they don't want that manual approach of having to deploy, you know, VLANs or, or load balancers as part of that application blueprint. But what I'm, what I'm starting to see now is that sort of shift a little bit. I'm starting to see customers, um, you know, looking at the disaster recovery side of things. Because, um, you know, traditionally disaster recovery has always been a something difficult to do with regards to networking. So do I re-IP my workloads or do I stretch my network across to my, my secondary data center? Um, but with, you know, the multi-V center support that we've had since 6.2, you know, it, it makes that a lot simpler. You know, a lot of these publicized security breaches, um, you know, people are, people are aware of this in the news, you know, whoever's going to be responsible from a GDPR perspective internally, you know, security is still the number one use case that I that I see when you know when typically talking to to customers. Cool. And Steve, would you agree with that? For me, I, I've delivered more micro segmentation work, and I think that's because generally the sales cycle is slightly longer on a full NSX um, deployment. And by full NSX deployment, I mean uh, you know deploying VXLAN, load balancing, some of the other use cases that NSX can deliver alongside micro segmentation. That's generally because most customers implement NSX at the point of, okay, we need to move data centers. So they spin up a new Greenfield data center. NSX is the perfect enabler to not only move them into that data center, but to you know deliver on the SDDC model in the new, in the new build. So generally, the, there hasn't been as many of those for me. Um, you know, I've certainly delivered them, but certainly a lot more micro-segmentation. So, you know, constantly in meetings with customers who want to, uh, you know, deliver micro-segmentation, especially with what's gone on in the press over the last few years. Uh, Cybersecurity has become a number one priority now for businesses. I think it fell by the wayside previously. So NSX, again, helps helps deliver on that. Cool. This is going to be a tricky one for me to read because I keep reading this as RNLI, so I have no idea what lifeboats have got to do with this. But um, let's start from the beginning. VRNI, vRealize Network Insight, along with the launch of VMware's App Defense, shows VMware is really asserting themselves as the company you need to talk to about securing your SDDC. Um, can you explain a bit about what App Defense is and how NSX can work with it to secure your data center? 
Yeah, so App Defense is, is one of our new offerings that's available in the US. Uh, it should be coming to the UK shortly. And it's all about learning um, the actual intended state of the application or how that application should run. Uh, so imagine deploying uh, a new application. Uh, what we can do as part of App Defense and as part of the actual hypervisor is we can actually learn that application. So by that, I mean, we'll typically monitor it for you know between two or four weeks. And by that, we're, we're basically learning things like any inbound connections. So you know, are, are there any connections coming into the application? Over what port are they coming in from? From what IP address are they coming in? Are they coming in from? Um, things like outbound connections. Where does this application server need to talk to? Does it need to talk to a, a backend database server on what port or what IP address? We also learn um, all of the processes that are running within that within inside that guest OS. So, you know, does the application use Java? What version of Java does it run? Does it use PowerShell? Is it using Python? All of these sorts of services, we, we learn this, this intended state of how this application should run. What we then do is we store that information inside um, like a secure enclave, inside a secure portion of the hypervisor, and we just continue to enforce that. So we look at the application running. Is it, is it running according to this? Um, think of it as a birth certificate. Is it running according to this birth certificate? If so, then that's absolutely fine. But if there's any deviation from that, so imagine you know, a rogue process starting up inside the application, or inside the actual virtual machine that's then trying to make connections to other workloads inside your your network then then do something okay so it might be simple as just alert me just tell me that this this process has started up and it's trying to communicate um, outside of its known good state or if we've got nsx we can effectively tag that virtual machine so by tag i just mean a, a bit of metadata um, i can tag that virtual machine and then nsx can take some action which might be to um, basically disconnect that virtual machine from the network, or, or maybe only allow connections from a, a secure management network or something like that. So, so, so App Defense is really about understanding how the application works and enforcing that, but then it can also integrate with, with NSX from a, an isolation and security point of view. Perfect. So basically moving from uh, reactive to proactive security, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And things like upgrades, you know, it understands when you've done an upgrade that you've upgraded a particular application. Yeah, you'll, you'll see a lot more coming out with regards to app defense over the, over the coming months, especially in the UK. Cool. And Steve, is there something that's floating your boat at the moment? Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't know too much about it until I had a look at Michael's blog, um, where he's actually drawn out a three part series on how to install it, how to configure it and how it works. So I really recommend people go and go and check that out. So for those that don't know Michael's blog, it's m80arm.co.uk. Go and have a look. And uh, Michael, I'm assuming the check's in the post for that link. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you, for the, uh, thank you for the free promotion there, Steve. <laughs> cool. So if I end this one at you then, Michael, can you explain what NSX Cloud is? Yes. So NSX Cloud is our SaaS-based offering, so software as a service. So this is going to be delivered and managed uh, completely by VMware. Uh, and it's a whole bunch of cloud services, one of which is obviously NSX Cloud. Uh, and the idea with this is that, you know, VMware will manage the environment for you. So, you know, we'll manage the, the controllers and the NSX managers. We'll manage the upgrade process. Um, if there are any issues, then obviously, you know, contact VMware, we'll, we'll resolve those issues. But the idea with this is that we can now start using this to protect 
native workloads inside uh, currently AWS. Um, so, so customers have got you know a cloud strategy, whether it's hybrid cloud, whether they're planning on moving everything into public clouds. They are consuming cloud services, typically by developers. Uh, and you know, developers might not necessarily have the security hat on all the time. So when they're deploying these, these EC2 instances inside AWS, how, how are we ensuring, or how is the internal security department ensuring that these, these services are, are protected? So with, with NSX Cloud, we have the unique ability to employ or deploy our security services inside uh, native EC2 instances. So inside workloads running natively inside AWS. So we can, you know, we can manage the security policy on-prem, uh, you know, as a developer deploys his workload inside AWS, you know, you might tag that workload with a, a web server tag. Uh, and by that nature of that tag being applied, we can then push down the correct security policies inside that guest for that virtual machine, for that workload. So it's all around protecting, you know, these native, these native cloud instances. Uh, and we're, you know, we should be moving on to, to public clouds, you know, further later, later on this year. Yeah. So, Steve, we've covered off um, workloads a little bit there. How does NSX help to protect workloads running on VMware Cloud on AWS? So, uh, as Michael said, NSX is deployed for you inside VMware uh, Cloud on AWS. Um, it's a very different look and feel to what on-premise customers are familiar with because it's all HTML5 UI. Uh, and it delivers much of the same functionality uh, as the on-premise version of NSXV, so uh, logical switching, VPNs. Um, I believe in the future you will be able to do uh, micro-segmentation, um, but for the time being it's it's very similar feature set as, as to what you get on-premise. Cool. And so, Michael, what is NSXT and how does it differ from NSXV? Good question. Um, so yeah, so NSX we have we have two two versions of NSX. We have NSX V for for vSphere workloads, and we have NSX T, um, which is our multi hypervisor, uh, multi cloud networking security platform. So NSX T is not feature comparison with NSX V yet, and we only typically focus on particular use cases. So by that, I mean, if customers have a use case for deploying a developer cloud environment and they want to maybe use um, something like OpenStack as the, as the cloud management platform, then you know, NSXT would be the, the recommended product for that. If customers are looking at containers, okay, so you know, using uh, the likes of Docker or Kubernetes as the orchestration platform, but they want to protect traffic between individual containers, then, then NSXT would once again be a, a typical use case for that. But for the majority of customers who are looking at things like micro-segmentation, they maybe want to take advantage of the, the layer 7 capabilities of NSX 6.4, then it would still be, you know, we'd recommend the NSXV route for that. So NSXT, the two products will, will merge eventually, so it'll be one product. But at the moment, um, NSXV is by far the feature-rich Unless you have specific use cases, then typically NSXT would be the route for, the, for those additional use cases. Cool. So this all sounds very exciting. So, Steve, have you got um, anything you'd like to add to it? Yeah, so I think NYSERA was a large uh, contributor to OpenStack previously. So NSXT aligns historically with, I guess, more the original NYSERA product. Um, VMware have been working very hard behind the scenes, as Michael said, to kind of amalgamate the two products. 
I believe, and it's kind of a question for Michael, right? There's no dependency on the VDS in NSXT. Is that is that right, Michael? That is correct. Yes. So NSXT has its own uh, its own V switch. Um, so when you deploy NSXT as part of that, you migrate workloads from VLAN back networks onto the new VDS or the new sorry the new V switch that comes as part of NSXT. Um, we also don't have a dependency on vCenter. So one of the uh, one in order to to have this multi hypervisor strategy whereby we can support workloads uh, not only on ESXi but also on uh, KVM, um, we needed to to effectively decouple ourselves from vCenter. So, so NSXT doesn't have a requirement um, for, for vCenter because obviously with KVM we, we wouldn't be using vCenter anyway. Cool. So organizations are really starting to evolve their IT with things such as cloud native applications, containers and Kubernetes in mind. How does NSX or NSXT help there? If we haven't covered it off already in too much detail, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. As I mentioned previously, NSXT. If the if the use case is containers, uh, and you're you know you're looking at Kubernetes as, as being the orchestration platform for those containers, um, then NSXT is is absolutely the correct route to be going down. We take advantage of what we call um, the NCP, which is the NSX Container Plugin. Uh, and this comes obviously as part of NSXT, and this is what provides effectively the integration between NSXT and whatever you choose as your container orchestration platform. So in this case, Kubernetes, for example. And the plugin basically integrates with NSX Manager, it integrates with the, the Kubernetes control, the control plane, and then it's used to, to basically monitor any changes to the container that, that maybe Kubernetes is making, whether it's spinning up or spinning down those containers. And then it also, you know, pulls in those resource information from NSX, so such as things like, uh, you know, logical ports that that container is connected to, any switches, any changes to any security groups. So it basically there to, to marry those two together, and that's what forms that integration between the networking security side of things and effectively our containers. Cool, Steve, have you got anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I guess the only thing I'd add it from an IT perspective. Um, it gives IT visibility and control of all microservices-based and traditional applications because it can be deployed on the same overlay. So from an IT perspective, you know, you've got that visibility now across the entire estate. DevOps aren't just in the corner away from everyone else. You've got visibility. Cool. Um, okay, so if I come back to you, Steve, if I'm considering implementing an NSX solution, what questions do I need to be asking as part of my planning process and what are the key steps to successful implementation? Uh, yeah, okay, so kind of bread and butter stuff for us, right? So <laughs> wor workshops, design workshops, uh, and use case capture, standard stuff. It, yeah, it's an integral part of any, any project, right? You, you've got to do the use case definition, the requirements capture up front. From, from a technical aspect, NSX, it only needs an IP network and an MTU of 1600 or greater. However, it's never as simple as that. There's a lot to consider. Different consultants will tackle the NSX design from very different angles. So if the more network background, they'll generally go top down. Whereas if the more in the past had an infrastructure focus, they tend to work from the bottom up. Um, there's no real right or wrong way. I tend to work from a more bottom up approach because historically I've been more infrastructure focused. Mm -hmm. The reason why that's important is uh, we're layering NSX on top of vSphere. And in some cases, an existing vSphere implementation. So we need to make sure that the NSX implementation is going to align itself correctly and 
by that I mean in terms of existing cluster layout, in terms of the layer two, layer three boundaries in the network design. That's going to dictate how we IP address the VM kernel interfaces on the host and therefore the VTEPs. So we really need to revisit the vSphere design. You know, sometimes we need to make changes to that to get the best out of the NSX design. These are the type of questions we cover in the design workshops. Um, the next big one, I guess, is knowing your applications. And I've walked into loads of meetings with customers and asked the question, okay, can you tell me your flaws and your application uh, architecture independencies for, for this application? And 99.5% of the time, they can't because they just don't know. So it's the likes of Network Insight, or be realized Network Insight, I'll get wrong if I say Network Insight, um, and Log Insight, it's using those products to help the customer understand those flows. So, you know, when we say, can you give us the application architecture dependencies and the flows for these apps, because we need to go and create a load of micro-segmentation rules around it, they go, well, I don't know that. As part of the work, as part of the, the work effort, you know, we'll help the customer to, to understand those flows. And then, I guess, lastly, you know, KISS, keep it simple. Um, NSX has got loads of great features, but it doesn't mean you need to go and use them all and find a use case that doesn't really exist. You know, NSX is a complicated beast, so I really encourage people, you know, stick with the basics, keep it simple, really go back to use case um, capture at the start. And, you know, are you, um, are you satisfying the use cases, really? And are you doing it in, in sometimes the simplest way possible? It doesn't need to be overly complicated just because you can. Um, I guess that's the key take-home here, right? You can do what you want to do in NSX, and you can do it really simple, or NSX can really cater for some of those more complicated use cases. But just you know, understand, understand that from the start. Yeah, so essentially it's know your hypervisor, know your apps that you're going to be using, and then keep it simple. You don't need to throw everything at it, just what you need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael, anything you'd add to that? Uh, yeah, so Steve's got by far more um, core sales implementation experience than I have. Um, but the use cases is definitely key. You know, identify those use cases, implement based on those use cases, based on, you know, customer feedback, issues that I see customers have. It typically always boils down to incorrect firewall rules. So, you know, customers don't understand the application flows. It, because it's something that we've traditionally never really had to worry about. Yeah, if I've got an application, a web server, an app server, and a database server sitting in the same VLAN, you know, I've never really had to worry about making sure that I allow traffic from my web server to my app server, and then from my app server to my database server. Yeah, we've never had to traditionally worry about that because we've always done the security on the perimeter. Um, so yeah, absolutely understand the application flows. Um, and also things like training, so there's, you know, there's a wealth of, of um, blogs out there. There's paid for training. There's even things like the VMware hands-on labs, whereby customers can get their hands on in a, in a safe, you know, isolated environment with, with products like NSX and, you know, NSXT, you know, do a bit of internal training, you know, train all staff, attend courses. Um, if you do decide to go down the PSO route, then spend time with the likes of Steve, you know, sit next to Steve, ask him questions ask him why he's doing certain things, you know, just, just, you know, you're going to be running it at the end of the day. So understand exactly how this, this product works. And I guess just finally as well to say it's things like upgrade guides. Yeah. So we've had issues with customers who, you know, went from a, 
you know, an unsupported upgrade. So, you know, before you do things like upgrades, just, you know, do your due diligence, you know, check, make sure the documentation is correct. Make sure you're going to a supported version. There's no, you know, KB articles referencing any potential issues before you just dive straight in and, and, and actually do the upgrade. Cool. So for the last five years, each year has been the year of VDI. Is 2018 the year of hybrid cloud? And is NSX going some way to helping businesses achieve that? I'll jump in here with regards to, so, so VMware and AWS, uh, I personally see is, is, is going to be, is going to go a long way to help customers transition to the cloud. And depending on how customers are, are potentially looking at this, because moving from on-prem to public cloud is, 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 is quite difficult. Yeah, you've got to take into consideration differences of hypervisors. Um, so if you say going from a vSphere environment, maybe you're starting to look into going to AWS, you're effectively going from the underlying hypervisor being vSphere to the underlying hypervisor inside AWS being either Zen or KVM, depending on, on how the migration is going. So you need to take into consideration things like the application, how that's going to handle the OS, because the underlying hardware is going to change. With VMware and AWS, because we're, we're using bare metal services or bare metal hardware inside AWS to, to deploy you know, the, 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 the VMware software stack, so ESXi, vSAN, NSX, ultimately the underlying hypervisor doesn't change. Yeah? We're just moving from a vSphere environment on-prem to a vSphere environment running inside AWS. So for the likes of, you know, CEOs or CTOs who, who've got, you know, that, that mandate to start moving services into public cloud, it's by far the easiest option for them. They just procure the service. They then have the ability to migrate their workloads from on-prem into, into public cloud, in this case, AWS, and effectively tick that box to say they're starting to do that transition. Out of all of the products, I see VMware and AWS is as being the key driver to, to hopefully 2018 being the year of, of hybrid cloud and not the AI for once. <laughs> awesome. And Steve, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think NSX is a key enabler here, right? So a lot of organizations or most organizations want to uh, bring your own IP. They want to be able to transition workloads between clouds or from on-premise to a public cloud. And they don't want to re-architect that application, right? They don't want to re-IP it. So the likes of NSX and Layer 2 VPN um, that's a very easy model to deploy, stretch those layer two segments into the cloud so you can do your migrations from on-premise to public cloud and, and then back again without disrupting the app and, and services. Cool. Um, so, Steve, if we stick with you and then we'll let Michael jump in, where is the future heading for NSX? So I would like to think, you know, we'd have NST and NSV aligned uh, and, and, and possibly merge. I know it's something that's been talked around for, for a long time now. Um, you know, I would like to see those those two product sets merged, uh, and I think from a cloud perspective, I think customers are just going to expect whatever cloud, whether it's Azure, AWS, to be NSX aware or NSX enabled. If you know, a large percentage of the on-premise workloads run on VMware, so it makes sense to for these public cloud providers to at least support some of VMware's product stacks, so the likes of NSX to be able to stretch networks between clouds and on-premise. You know, they're going to need to adopt that technology and i think nsx is going to play a, a big part in that cool and michael uh yeah so i guess this is where i get my disclaimer in place um <laughs> I, i'm not a product manager whatever i say might or might not make it into future versions of the product I, i'm just getting that out of the way now so i guess where i see this going and obviously i'm uniquely placed inside the nsbu um so obviously the the, the focus on multi-hypervisor so obviously we have the sxi kvm 
Azure stack potentially down the line. And multi-cloud, once again, we, we currently support AWS um, from a VMware and AWS or from a, an NSX cloud perspective. Azure, potentially Google Compute coming further on down, down the line. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, a lot more services moving to, uh, sorry, a lot more applications moving into to a SaaS model. So a lot of our products starting to move to a more consumer model. So, you know, customers can, can, can pay for these services over one or three years. And I think you'll start seeing the development of all that increase. Uh, and by that, I mean future features getting integrated into the SaaS offering a lot quicker than, than the on-prem versions, just purely because you know, they can make the changes on the back end, have them tested, and then have them available for, for customers in like a six-month cadence. Uh, so I think you're going to start seeing a, a bigger push to, to, to SaaS-based modeling. Um, you'll see things like App Defense coming online this year, uh, and then more regions and more functionality inside the whole VMware and AWS offering as well. So it's an interesting time. Inside the NSVU, uh, there's a lot of innovation going on, you know, a lot of acquisitions taking place. Uh, and I think you'll just start seeing all of those acquisitions all come together and you know have a you know a, a product with all those solutions that that hopefully solves all of the uh, all of the customers' needs. So that was my sort of view on where on where we're going with with NSX and and hopefully what you'll see over the next couple of years. Yeah, and what a privileged view it is. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much, guys. Um, is there anything else either of you would like to add? I guess from my perspective, as I, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, reach out to your, your VMware account manager or your, your, your SE who's aligned to your account if you want more information on these things. Uh, there's a lot of great blog articles out there, uh, not only on NSX, but things like, you know, VMware and AWS, NSX Cloud, App Defense, as I mentioned previously as well, the hands-on labs, absolutely brilliant resources, um, free to consume, Spin up as many labs as you want. Take the labs as many times as you want. Play with products that you're, you know, potentially not familiar with. And then, as I said, when you reach out to your account managers, ask them about any events that are taking place. Uh, I know the the VMC and AWS guys are, are starting to do a lot more workshops whereby you can get your hands on this. Uh, we do free NSX workshops where we, you know, demo and whiteboard and give you access to environments. So. You know, reach out to your your VMware team uh, and, and and start asking for some of these services. Cool, that's great. Uh, Mike, if people want to get a hold of you, um, have you got a Twitter handle or a blog people can come to you with? Yes. Uh, so feel free to reach out. Uh, my Twitter handle is at m eight zero arm. So Mike eight zero Alpha Romeo Mike. Don't ask why that is. Uh, and my website is uh, exactly the same. So www.m80arm.co.uk. And Steve, if people want to get in contact with you? Yes, I'm at surfing underscore clouds. You can get me on Twitter. And uh, I've got a blog as well. I might as well uh, push that. So it's uh, vwood.net. So vwud.net. And uh, Michael, I thought there was some interesting story behind the M80 armor. I'm disappointed to hear there's not. <laughs> there is. So my, my car number plate is actually M80ARM. I was getting sick of uh, having to identify different usernames every time I was registering for websites. So I always found that my number plate was obviously never taken. But now, whenever I drive, I drive as cautiously as I can because in the event of potentially cutting somebody up or <laughs> sticking my fingers up at anybody, they decide to Google that number plate, they can pretty much find out a wealth of information about me. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Cool. And if anyone wants to follow me, I am at CI underscore Stu on Twitter. Well, thanks very much, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cloud Insiders. To find out more and to listen to additional episodes, go to cloudinsiders.fm. You can follow us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders and subscribe on iTunes. Catch you next time.